Para Erubin Daf Samehe, Masechet Erubin, dedicated by Freddy Kassab and his wife. That's Laha, Mechon Maasiyadim. Today's Daf is being studied. Nirfuash Shilemashim on Ben Simha. Amen. We begin today's Daf on Samehe. Actually, Samech Dalid Amud Bet, right on the bottom line. Amar Rav Sheshat Mishum Rabbi El Azar Ben Azaria. Yachon Ani Leftoret Kol Aolam Kulom Ben Adin. Okay, he says I can make an argument that can uh, absolve all the Jews from uh, any judgment, from any midat adin, and all the avonot. I have a claim. He could be like a, a lawyer for us. And what's the uh, what's the claim he can have to protect us from our? Uh, to exonerate us. Miyom Shara Bet HaMikdash. He says, I could exonerate them from the time that the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed. Ve'ad Akshav. Until the present. Shana Imad, because we have a Pasuk. Lachem, Shem'ina Zot Aniyah Ushkurat Velo Miyayin. So it says that uh, God is referring to us, and the Navi is referring to us as the poor one, who's drunk but not from wine. In uh, America they call that dry drunk. That he's drunk, but he didn't drink anything. <clears throat> so this is referring to the fact that because we have so many uh, trials and tribulations in Galut, that uh, the Galut uh, makes us drunk. The Galut takes us out of our mind. So therefore, he's able to use that as a, uh, an excuse why we're patur. What do you want? All, all between all the different troubles that we've uh, gone through during the Galuyot, so... What could you expect from us? So therefore, it's like we're considered a shote. We're considered a sh- shikor. Look at Rashi on the top. Yachol liftor, David. Right, just like you can't hold a, a drunk person responsible for his actions. So you can't, you can't, you can't hold us responsible. So the Gebarah says, Metive, we have a question. What do you mean? You don't hold a drunk person responsible? Shikor, mikar. That if a drunk uh, purchases something, it's a valid purchase. And a sale is a valid sale. So therefore you see that what? That uh, we don't view a uh, shikor as a shoteh. He has uh, responsibilities. Let's say he committed a sin where there's a death sentence. They put him to death. Malkut. Malkinoto. Uh, he does something that's hayav uh, lashes, so they give him malkut. Klaloshel davad. The principle basically over here is hadehu kipikeya lechol devarav that we treat the shikor like a person who's totally, uh, you know, totally has all his uh, faculties. Ela. The only thing is shepatur menatefilam. The only thing is that he's patur from. From praying, like we learned on yesterday's daf, yes, tefillah needs kavana. Obviously, a person who drank more than if he eat, we said, has an effect on his mental capacity. And therefore, he's patut from tefillah, but everything else, he's going to be ayah. So how can Rabbi Al-Azhar come along and say, I can exempt the whole world from, uh, from judgment because we're considered shikurim. What do you mean? Shikur is not patur. The only thing shikur is patur from is tefillah. So the Gemara answers, What did the Rabbi Al-Azab and Azariah mean when he said, I could be poter, uh, everybody from judgment? He meant from tefillah, which means if the Jewish people uh, from the times of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash have been praying without kabana, Rabbi Al-Azab says, I could poter them. It's not their fault. They considered shikor. Because of the galut, and Shikor is actually patur from Tefila. Read that she midin Tefila. Right, exactly. If, if, if we can, if, if they can have a claim against us and say, hey, you people prayed all these Tefila without Kavana, the Bila Azab Nazar says, I can exempt them. They have a. Uh, they have an exemption. Shechura velomiyain. Amar Rabbi Hanina, lo shanu ela, shelo hegiyal shechruto shelot. We all know that Lot, his drunkenness uh, was a very, very, uh, you know, uh, high level of intoxication where he didn't even know he was, it was his daughters and he cohabitated with his daughters. So the Gemara says, if a person reaches the shikhrut of Lot, then he's exempt from everything. He's, he's considered a shoteh. But uh, if, when he doesn't reach the shikhrut shel Lot, which means less than that, he drinks it if he ate, let's say. Then he's considered a pikeyach lechol devarav, 
The only thing he's exempt from is tefillah. Oh, he won't be, he won't be uh, held responsible. So again, uh, a drunk man indeed is responsible for his actions until he reaches what we call shechuto shelot. Amar Rav Hanina, call him. Yes. Is Rabbi Hanina coming to say that the Jewish people, the Galut is so bad that he's coming to defend us? In other words, saying... Is he, uh, is he saying that it's shechuto shelot? Right. No. Not kedekach, no. Because you see the Gemara's, the Gemara's question. The Gemara's question was, what do you mean? He's the way we Shechurat Shelomiyayin is going to be Shechurat Shechuto Shelot? No. Gemara's saying he was only coming to say Medin Tefillah. Okay. But not anything else. Now, Amar of Hanina, call a Mefik Magen. Now, let's get these words over because the words over are going to make a, a difference in how we learn this. Magen is a way to refer to as the Amida. Why do we call the uh, Amida Magen? Take a guess. First Berachan Amida, Magen Abraham. Now, what is the word Mafik? So over here they're learning that to bypass. Anybody that bypasses the Amida, which means he skips, he skips the Amida. Why would he, uh, why would he skip the Amida? <coughs> so the Gebra says, Bishad Ga'ava. Kanir'eh, he was drunk. Guy was drunk and he said, you know what? I can't pray in, uh, in such a state. So he, he bypasses the Amida, Bishad Ga'ava. That's referring to time of intoxication. Sugrim. Sugrim literally means they conceal or they, they close. The hotmim, that's seal. Tsarot ba'ado. Interesting, which means even if trouble should have befallen that person, they seal it. Uh, the troubles don't come, come down on the person. Why? Because he bypassed the tefillah, which sounds like it's a good thing that they, at least he had enough uh, marbles not to pray when he was drunk. And the Gemara quotes a pasuk from the Navishan Imar, Ga'ava, Afike, Maginim, Sagur, Hotam, Sar. So Ga'ava, referring to is when he gets drunk. Afike, we can learn, means to bypass. Maginim is Lashon Magen. And what happens? Sagur, Hotam, Tsar. The Tsar, the trouble, is contained and sealed. Now the Gemara asks, Me'em Mashmad, Hai Apik. How do you know that the word apik means to bypass? So the Gemara comes along and says, We have another pasuk that says, That's referring to ka'afik nehalim. That's like a, a stream, a stream that passes by. So therefore, we learn that the word afik is to pass. Now let's read Rashi. Rashi start from Hamefik Magen, fourth line. Unbelievable. Shelo yavu It's unbelievable. So the guy gets a zikut for not praying. <laughs> Sometimes he's better off not to pray. An adraba, it'll protect him. Can it air? Because at least he knows he's not uh, in, the, in the proper state to, uh, to pray in front of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Now the Rabbi Yohanan says something similar. Rabbi Yohanan Amar kol she'eno mefik itmar. He has a different girsa in this. Eno mefik. He's learning the word mefik is to express. So he learns kol she'eno mefik who does not express his prayer at the time of intoxication. So it's the same, it's the same result. The first rabbi says, whoever bypasses, called him mefik, he bypasses his tefillah. The second rabbi says, called she'en mefik, meaning he does not express, meaning he doesn't pray when he's drunk. How do you know the word mefik means to express? He quotes a pasuk in Tehilim, that the channels of water became Visible. So you see, it's visible, it's uh, revealed. So therefore, you see that it means to express. So the Gemara comes along and says, uh, what's the nafkamina between the two? They brought Pesukim to prove this uh, uh, word, Afik, either means to express, or either Afik means to bypass. Everybody proved their point. What is the practical difference between uh, the two opinions? 
Gemara says, Ika benayu de Rav Sheshat. What was the story of Rav Sheshat? The Rav Sheshat masar shinta l'shamayim. It seems Rav Sheshat drank a little. And he told the Shamosh that, uh, listen, you know, wake me up when it's time to pray. He went to sleep in order to, you know, to, to, to weaken the, uh, or to take away the, 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 the wine. Like we learned yesterday's that when you go to sleep, it takes away the, the effects of the wine. So what happened was, he told the Shamosh, do me a favor, when the shot of the tefillah comes, please, uh, please wake me up. So the Gemara says, more itle de Rav Sheshat. So Rabbi Yohanan agrees with Rav Sheshat. That's the second opinion. Umor letle de Rav Sheshat. And Rav Hanina disagrees. What's the difference between any of this over here? Let's read Rashi. Masar shinte le shame. Right, when the time of tefillah comes, uh, wake me up. Rabbi Hanina. Right, because the Pasuk says that according to the Bhalina, he learned what? It's a mitzvah to bypass the tefillah. Right? Meaning to bypass it, which he will hold, you shouldn't get woken up. You don't pray until you wake up by yourself. He told the Shamosh, wake me up. No, the Bhalina says, no, 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 you should bypass it. Sleep, go to sleep, and if you miss it, you miss it. Until you wake up on your own. Where well, the other rabbi didn't say to bypass it. He just said he doesn't express it. But he didn't say yeah, you should bypass it. So therefore, if the Shamosh wakes him up at the time of the tefillah, so therefore he's up. If he's up, he, he should pray. So there'll be enough kamina between, uh, you know, should he tell the Shamosh uh, to wake him up? Don't, don't, uh, don't, tell somebody to wake you, don't tell somebody to wake you up, basically. Don't, uh, don't pray until you can wake up uh, on your own. But I continue, so. Amar of Bar Amar That is amazing, Rabotai. These pieces of Gemara of uh, how seriously, seriously they took Kabanan Tefillah, and how uh, you know any little disturbance would uh, cause a person uh, not to have the proper uh, Kabana. If a person's mind is not settled, can't concentrate properly, Aliyat Palil. Rabotai, clearly this does not apply today, because today, uh, you never pray then. We don't have kavanah all year long. Shohan Aruch writes in Siman Sadiqet, that today, this doesn't apply, otherwise nobody would be praying at all. But in the olden days, they would pray with kavanah. So if a person doesn't have kavanah, he shouldn't pray. His mind is not said. Basar, basar means when you're in trouble, al you can't give, uh, you know, halachic decisions. So similarly, you cannot pray in such a condition. Amazing. On a day that Rav Harina got angry, finished, he couldn't pray. Already the anger caused him to have, uh, you know, diminished the congreg- uh, concentration. Amar, he said, Batsar al finished. Um, uh, had a uh, difficult day. Can't, uh, can't pray. Mor ugba biyomad shuta lohava nafik lebedina. Mor ugba on the day that the south wind blew, it seems that the south wind is a strong wind. That's where the storms come. Finish. He wouldn't go to court that day. He couldn't be a Dayan on that day. Why? His mind wasn't settled. The weather. Imagine the weather would affect their uh, kavana. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzhak. Hilcheta. When you're discussing halachot, you want to give, uh, you know, halachic renderings. Ba'ya siluta ki yomad istana. It needs clarity. Siluta is clarity. Like a day that the north wind is blowing. It seems that the, the north wind, when it blows, is a, uh, is a pleasant wind. Look at that. She, ki yomad istana. Ki yomad istana, ki shemenashebet ruach sifonit, yom orahu, v'noach v'akol, k'gavim v'yamamot v'kelet ha'arel, v'pnei ma'lo ma'lo yisrael b'medbar, v'pnei shelo na'ashba v'hem ruach sifonit. I remember that. We learned that the reason why the Jewish people didn't take Brit Milan the Midbar, the weather wasn't good. There was no ruach sifonit. And you need good weather conditions so the child can heal from the Brit Milah. They didn't have that Ruach Sifuni wind in the Midbar, so therefore they did not take Brit Milah. Aval. Aval de Yoma de Shuta, Amrinan Hatam, Lama Mahalinan de Velamisotrinan de. Yeah, you can't take bloodletting and you can't do uh, Brit Milah because it's, uh, it's dangerous. So basically, he's saying the weather would affect their clarity whether they could sit in Bedin or not. Now, look at this one. Amar Abaye. Abayeh said, "I amartli em." 
if my mother would tell me, Kariv Kutcha, pass the yogurt. <laughs> a simple task like that. On the day that his mother would tell him, pass the yogurt. Finish, she couldn't learn. Lotanai, I can't learn. Already my mind is uh, preoccupied. Already I'm busy with other things. Look at the concentration that the rabbis had when it came to learning. Their mind was free from anything. That doesn't mean literally pass me the kuta. It's just trying to say that any interruption, any item that they would have to do outside the learning that would take away from their full and undivided concentration would already affect their their uh, their limud. Look at that she karif kutra afilu. Sivui kala, a small little uh, commandment. From here you see the botai, the importance why we send our kids away from, for, for yeshiva. The people always argue, why can't they learn uh, in, uh, in town? Because there's so much distractions. But when you send your kid away, so he's in yeshiva, he doesn't, no one's telling him to pass the kuta, nobody's telling him to pick up the cleaners, nobody's telling him to you know, do any of the, of the chores. He's able to sit and focus in front of the Gemara without any, uh, without any distraction at all. So the Gemara comes along and says, Amarava, ikiratstan kina lotana'e. Uh, on the day that I got bitten by a uh, kina, I guess what that's, that's a, la- a louse, finished. He lost his concentration. The mother of Mor, which is the son of Rabina, made him seven different changes of clothes. So he can change his clothes every single day in order that he shouldn't uh, have to worry about uh, getting uh, bitten by lice. Because the lice are in the clothes. So he basically would have a fresh uh, new garment every day. His mother did that. No day should be able to learn without any interruption. Okay, now the Gemara is going to tell us a little about uh, when the ideal time to study Torah is. Amar lo ela Okay, that's good. Night was created basically, specifically for sleeping. Okay, you got to sleep at night. If you look at Tosfot, small Tosfot there, Ela Leshinta, Kemo Lele Tikufat Tamuz. He's talking about the, uh, the short nights of the summer. And no time to learn the short nights. It doesn't get dark till late, and the sunrise is very early. So the summer nights, the Gemara says, you can go to sleep. Amar Bishim On Ben Lakish, Lo Ibresihara. Actually, the light of the moon was created in order that people can study, which means a person really should uh, do his studying uh, at night. The Gebarah says, They told the Bizera, your teachings are very sharp. He said, that's from daytime study. So he learns that uh, the key learning that a person should do is actually during the day. So the daughter of Rav Hizda tells Rav Hizda, Don't you want to sleep a little? Rav Hizda was depriving himself from sleep. So his daughter was worried about him. His daughter said, Hey, Rabbi, Daddy, why don't you, you know, go rest a little? He says, he says, don't worry, the days that are going to come that are very, very long uh, for the purpose of sleeping and too short for the purpose of learning Torah, those days are coming. Those are the days of the grave, he was basically saying. So I'll sleep in the grave. So don't worry, those days are coming where I could sleep uh, a long time. Now's not the time for sleeping. Now's the time for, uh, now's the time for working. Now's the time for learning. Look at Ashi. Yomed Ariche. Yamim? Right, they're long. They're long for sleeping. But they're short for learning Torah. There's no mitzvot in Torah and the grave. There's no way. I'll sleep then. That was their attitude. Right, we'll sleep a lot. So he came along and said, we, uh, We're daytime workers. Which means we work by the day. What was he basically saying? Uh, that's our job. Our, our vocation during the day is to study Torah. We're getting paid, you know, to study Torah. Daytime workers. Or it could mean, meaning this world is considered like day. And the grave is considered like night. So we have to work in the day. 
they will, uh, you know, will retire after we're, uh, after we're, after our demise. Famous Gemara says, Yazif, he would borrow and pay back. It seems that the rabbi had a certain uh, amount of learning every single day, but he wasn't always able to, you know, uh, fulfill his uh, learning quota. So what would happen? Uh, on days that he got caught up in business, so he would make sure before he goes to sleep to pay back the time that he borrowed from the day. So at the end of the day, he always paid his quota up. But sometimes he would borrow it from the day and pay it back at night. Yazif upara. He would borrow and pay back. We have a Rashi on that. Um, Yazif upara. Oh, it's a big redush. It's a big redush. The concept of Yazif upara. That, you know, he... As long as he paid his quota up, it was considered that he fulfilled his uh, his uh, kibiyut. Oh. Rabbi had pirakim yomi, Rabbi. Yeah, pirakim. That's right. That's right. That's right. Exactly, pirakim. What do you expect? Pirakim, unbelievable. And I'm sure that wasn't the only thing he was learning. This is just one uh, one one said that he had. Amar Abil Azar, Okay, Guy comes from the road. You have to remember in the olden days, even today, when a person travels, it definitely takes uh, you know time to get settled. The derech, the going, the back, especially the olden days, the roads, they were traveling by donkey or camel, whatever it was. So a person could definitely lose his um, his concentration. So the governor says, He shouldn't pray for 30 days. Not 30 days, I'm sorry, three days. Why? It takes three days to recover from the uh, from the trip. How do you know that the traveling causes this uh, unsettling of the mind? Ezra'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a'a
already it appeased them. So therefore, if somebody can get appeased by even drinking or smelling the wine, then already it gives them uh, the way of God. Look at that. Ah, that's what, that's what she's saying. We just saw that smelling is like drinking. We saw in the, by the rabbi. That's it. God said, that's it. I'm not bringing another flood. So therefore, if a person is easily to forgive, you know, okay, somebody wronged him, takes a cup of wine, a cup of that, that's it. No, you, you're following the way of a Kirish Baruch Hu. And that's, what, that's the goal of life, to follow the way of Hashem. Mahu Afata. Somebody that uh, can drink wine and uh, his mind is settled. Treats the wine doesn't cause him to get drunk. That she says, Yeah, his mind, his mind does not become unsettled. His mind becomes clear. Remember we learned, it sometimes has the opposite effect. That a person needs to drink a little wine in order to give him a clarity. Gemara says, Yeshbo da'at shiv'im zekenim. He has the, uh, the wisdom of the 70 uh, of the zekenim. Which means, that's a, it's a good thing. Where do you see that? Yayin nitan b'shiv'im otiyot. Right? Gematria of yayin is 70. Vesod nitan b'shiv'im otiyot. The word sod, which is the sequence of the Torah, sod, samich b'avdal, also is 70. Ah, so you see that what? There's a certain uh, 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 connection between wine and the secrets of the Torah. The wine comes in and the secrets uh, come out. Again, in this, in this sense over here, uh, read Rashi Yatsasod. Beautiful, which is unbelievable Rashi over here. There's something else that's 70. The Sanhedrin is 70. So there's three things that are 70. Wine equals 70, yayin. Sod equals 70. And Sanhedrin equals 70. So he's saying, either you can drink too much wine and therefore you lose your inhibition and start to reveal all your secrets. That's not a good thing. When you start to reveal all your secrets, that means you drank too much. That 70 is not a good 70. But if you can control yourself when you're drinking your wine, then you compare to the 70 of the Sanhedrin. So it's either yayin is sod or yayin is... Dying zekenim. All depends on how you carry your wine. Amar Rabbi Hanin. Rabbi Hanin said, "Lo nevra yain ela lenachem avelim." Wine was created in order to uh, to comfort the bereaved. But menan person has uh, a loss. The wine could calm him down. Ul shalem sakal reshaim, and to pay reward to the reshaim. The reshaim they make parties all day long, and what do they do at their parties? They drink wine. They love it, from one party to the other party. So that's their reward in this world, drinking. They go to the bars all day long, and they have, uh, you know, drinking parties. That, that's their sakhar uh, ba'ulam So it has two purposes, to, to calm down the people that had a loss, and to pay to the sha'im. Shana imar, tenu shekhar le'oved. Give the uh, uh, intoxicating wine to the wicked. Oved is the wicked. Uh, and the pasuk uh, uh, concludes... What's the end of that pasuk? Let's see if I can find the end of that pasuk. Tenu shecha le'oved ve'yayin le'mare nafesh. And give wine to mare nafesh, to the bitter one. So you see what? That it's uh, the bitter one, I mean the one, God forbid, the lost. Comes the Imran says, Amar Rabbi Hanin bar papa, kol she'en yayin nishpach betok betok kamayim. Wow, anyone who in his home Wine isn't poured like water. Which means you have, to, uh, you have to have so much wine in your house that you pour it like water. Nobody cares how they pour water. That's the beracha. How do you know that? Some say uh, 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 there's a certain beracha in the Torah. God says, I will bless your, uh, your bread and I will bless your water. Now, what does it mean? A bread we understand. What does it mean? God will bless our water. So the Gemara says, "Redushir ma lechem shenikach bekesef maaser af maim shenikach bekesef maaser." The water that we're talking about today is not H two O. It's compared to bread, and just like bread, you're allowed to use the money of maaser sheni to buy bread. You're not allowed to use the money of uh, of uh, maaser uh, to buy uh, to, to buy water. Af maim shenikach bekesef maaser. So to the water 
that's mentioned in the Pasuk is referring to a type of water that you can use Maaser funds for. And what type of water is that? Umaynihu Ya'in. Oh, so why? So then when it says, Uberachet lachmecha it means God will bless your bread and it'll bless your wine. Now why would it call in the Pasuk wine, Mayim? When it says, Vekakari le Mayim. And it calls it Mayim. Why? Just read the Rashi for a second on the bottom. Shinikah bekesef ma'asir. Shimutar lakho bekesef ma'asir shenik Yerushalayim. Hako nikah bekesef ma'asir chutz min ha'mayim ba'melach. That's right. We're going to learn. Right? You're not allowed to use uh, water for ma'asir shenik money. So when it says, Uberach lachmecha ve'et memecha, it's referring to what? The beracha that a person has uh, in his bread and in his wine. Now why would it call it water? So the Yabra says, if he could pour wine in his house like he pours water, then you have the beracha, meaning it's flowing. Now, some, some learn that it's referring to that if wine spills in his house and he doesn't care. I mean, when water spills on the floor, okay, it's water, nobody cares. If a person could drop wine in his house and he doesn't care, okay, he lost some wine, big deal. That means he has so much of it, then already it's the shpak bebeto. That's why the old time is when sometimes wine overflows in the house and wine spills. Hey, beracha. What do I mean beracha? For this gemara. It's okay. There's wine flowing in your house. Leave it alone. Some, they look to do it on purpose. They actually do it on purpose. They overflow the wine a little in order that it, uh, it spills out a little to show that he has uh, abundance. The gemara has one more point over here. A famous, uh, famous gemara. Amar bi ilai mishlosha devarim adam nikar. You want to know a person's character, Rabbotai? There's three ways to perceive the true character of a person. Number one, Bekoso. Bekoso is the way he drinks. Look at that she. Exactly. Look at the guy, how he reacts. You have to give him a couple, uh, couple of drinks. And then what? Bekiso. That's his wallet. That's she. Kiso. Unbelievable. Honesty in business. You can tell a guy when it comes to money, touch his pocket, see if he got electrocuted. When a person uh, 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 is judged with his keys, when it comes to his money. And what's the third one? Okay, okay. It has to be a kapdan a little. But I thought Bikasa, I always understood Bikasa meant we see how he behaves when he's angry. In other words, you get to understand the person to know the person who comes out of his mouth. When, he's when, angry. when he's angry, when he's angry, it's too light, honey. What does that mean? When it's angry, it's too light. All right, so I'm saying that she's not saying that that's how you get to know the person. Right, you get to know the person that he's not, his nature, his nature is, 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 is a mild nature. Does he get angry? Right, like how often right, exactly. He's a mild, he has a mild temperament. That's what they're saying. His temperament is a balanced, uh, uh, not, you know, he's not hot. He's not a hot off, to get a hot off the handle, as they say. And the Gemara then says, Hakam uh, 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 Baruch used to say, I'll never show the famous derasha on this. It says, Al tere yayin ki it adam, ki ten bekos eno. So it says, don't look at the redness of the wine. Al tere yayin ki it adam, ki ten bekos eno. That the guy puts his eye in his, in his wine. Ki ten bekos, he's always looking at his, uh, at his cup. Ki ten bekos eno. So the Hakam Kabaruk would say, if you look at that pasuk over there, if I'm not mistaken, it's a kari uchtiv. Kos is written kis. So therefore, it's an iremez. We read it kos, because that's one way you judge the person. Bekoso. But it's written kis. So they asked the Hakam Baruch, where's kas? It says, no, ki yitin bekos eno. When you put the ayin in the word kos, you have kas. So therefore, ki yitin bekos eno. When you put the ayin, you have kas. And the Gemara comes along and says another one. Ve'amri af besahako. That's right. You see the way a guy laughs. You know, sometimes a guy laughs like a hyena in public. You know, you hear a guy in the back laughing like a, who knows what. What are you, what are you doing over here? You don't have, you're not Hashem, you're laughing like that in public? So therefore, the way a guy laughs... Is it the way he laughs, or is it how often he laughs? Just like no, she's no, saying no. the the, the way he laughs in a in a uh, you know in a, in, a, in a degrading way. Okay. That's the way the Abed learns it. 
He refrains from unrestrained laughing. You know, the guy, guy goes crazy. You see the guy laughing his brains off. Okay. As we know. Okay, the Bortai, back to Masichet uh, Erubin. Okay, we have two cases now we have to uh, analyze here, the Bortai. Let's go to the first case. Here's a picture over here. Really not necessary to see a picture. But basically, we have two Hatserot. We have a, uh, an inner Hatser, and we have the outer Hatser. And then, of course, we have the Mavui in front. The outer Hatser... Uh, in order for them to get out of the Hatser, they got to go through the inner one. Or the, or the one, I should say, I'm, I'm, I'm saying yeah, it backwards here. Yeah. The Pinimi, the inner one, that's the one in the back. Let's use back and front, but that's easier. The one in the back, the only way for them to get out is to walk through the one in the front, and they can get to the uh, Mavui. All right, the Hatser in the back has uh, two houses. The Hatser in the front has one house. Okay, now we have the picture. Now we have to see who's living in these homes. So, Amar of Yehuda, Marav, Yisrael ben Nochri bepenimit. Okay, so you have a Jew and a Goy in the back. Yisrael bechitzona, and you have a Jew alone in the front. Okay, what's the uh, what can be the issue over here? Well, let's just review Rabotai quickly. Uh, you remember we had a big mahloket in the Mishnah between the Bimeir and the Bil Azar ben Yaakov when you have. One Jew and one Goy living in a Hatser together, do they need uh, Eruv? Do they need Eruv Hatserot? Rabbi Meir said yes, and Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov said they do not. So that would be a big mahluk at Tanaim in the back uh, Hatser. Does it mean that the front Hatser? There's one Jew living in there, so seemingly uh, he should be okay. There's only one, one, uh, one dweller, one dweller in a Hatser should have a problem. Uh, do we have any Rashis yet over here yet? Oh, that's going to be the issue with Rabotai. Trespassing. The guys in the back obviously are going to walk through the Hatzed in the front. That can impact their status. Because they have strangers from a different Hatzed walking across. So that can impact their status. Gebra says, Ba ve'asar. Finished. The case came in front of uh, the B. And he was Osir. What? Those Jews that were living in the uh, in the front Hasir, he said, Asur. Look at Rashi, Ve'asar. Okay, look at that. Achiaskir. Achiaskir. They have to rent the goys. They have to rent the goy's uh, the goy's house, okay? That was Rav's plan. We don't know why he said it. Also, they came in front of Rav Also, he told the uh, the guys in the front, Asur, until you rent the uh, until you rent. Now they have to rent. What what would be the reason for this? So the Gemara is going to start to analyze it. Yativ or Yatuv Rabav Rab Yosef Bishalhe Pirked Rab Sheshat. Okay, Rab Sheshat was giving a Shi'ur. Bishalhe means at the end, at the end of the Shi'ur. So the rabbis were sitting. Yativ Rab Sheshat Vikamar. Rab Sheshat said, Keman Amra Rab Lishmate. They heard this case. Who is Rab going like? That he's saying that the people in the outer Hatser are Asur until they actually make a Eruv. Kirabi Meir. Is he following uh, Rabbi Meir? Again, what would Rabbi Meir say? That if you have one Goy and one Jew together, it's Asur. Is he following uh, Rabbi Meir? And that's why the outer guys are uh, Asur? Karkesh Rabba So Rabba nodded his head as if to say, yes. So you don't need two Jews. You need two Jews and a Goy to make it Asur. He says... What, what, what's the reason why Rabbi Meir, why, why, why Rab was Osir? Is it because he's following Rabbi Meir? And they nodded their head. They said, absolutely, yes. So Rabbi Yosef says, I'm Rabbi Yosef. How can it be? Could Rabbi Sheshat and Rabbi make such a mistake in this matter? How can you say he's going like Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir, which means, if, 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 if you're following the opinion of Rabbi Meir, 
why, why do I need a Yisrael in the, in the outer uh, Hatser? Just say very simple. In the inner Hatser, meaning in the back Hatser, you have a Jew and a Goy living, like in the case, and they, they need an Eruv. If, if that's all they were trying to teach me, what do you have to create a case where you have a Goy and a Jew in the back and a Jew in the front? Just very simple. If you all like Nabi Meir, you don't need a Jew in the front. It's a suit because you have a Jew and a Goy living in the back. The Gibra says, Maybe that was the case. What does that mean? Maybe that was the story. Maybe that was the case. That's why they, they, they discussed it like that. The Gibra says, He said, What are you talking about? They asked Rav, They asked him, What's the status of the back guys? The guys in the back, Hased. They asked him, What's the status? And he told them, Mutar. Oh, so you see that what? It cannot be going like Rabbi Meir. Because if it was going like Rabbi Meir, the back would be Asur. Because it's a Goy and a Jew living together. So that cannot be. So it has to be a different logic over here, Abotai. So the Gemara says, you're right, different explanation. The Elamai can be El Azar or El Ezer ben Yaakov. Oh, so it must be also the other rabbi. Rabbi Ezer ben Yaakov. And what's Rabbi Ezer ben Yaakov's ruling? That you have two Jews and a Goy living together, then you have a problem. Okay, well, if that's the case, according to the Bilhaz ibn Yaakov, one Goy does not say the Hatsed unless you have two Jews living over there. And over here, uh, 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 in both Hatsed, you don't have two Jews. In the back Hatsed, you have one Jew, and in the front Hatsed, you have another Jew. So why should any of the Hatsed be Asurim? According to the Bidi Ezer ben Yaakov. So the Gemara says, Okay, Rabotai, Haidush. Ela, Kirabi, Akiva. Rabotai, we learned to be Akiva already. Regel, the Amar, Regel, Amuteret, Bimkoma, Oseret, Shelo, Bimkoma. What does the be Akiva hold? Remember, we said, let's say you have uh, two Hatserot, right? And um, they're separate Hatserot. But the guys in the back, they're mutar to carry in their hatzer. Let's say they made a iruv, they're mutar to carry in their hatzer. But they trespass to the front one. So if they trespass to the front one, the Bi'akiva says they will say the front one. Why? That's called the regular muteret bimkoma. Yeah, somebody that's permissible in his place. But if he trespasses and walks through the other hatzer, he's considered as part of that hatzer. And since they didn't make an iruv with him, he's oser them. So therefore, we will say the same thing over here. We'll say that what? You have these, uh, the Jew and the Goy live in the back. And since uh, they walk through the front Hasid, so therefore it's like you have two Jews and a Goy. They're mutar in the back because there's one Jew and one Goy. But since they walk through the front, it's like they're in the front. And therefore, they can all say the front. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, Lamali Nukhri, Afidu Yisrael Nameh. Which was, what, what did you have to make a goy living in the back? Even if a Jew lives in the back. The rule is, regular mutar bim koma. Two Jews living in the back. They made a eruv. They're okay. They're still going to osir uh, the guys in the front. Why did you have to give a case of a goy? So the Gemara says, Amar Avuna, Bered Rabbi Yoshua. Now here's the final answer. Le'olam kerebi li'ezer ben Yaakov, uch Rabbi Akiva. Okay, it's a hybrid. We're following two shitot. Rabbi Li'ezer ben Yaakov, that says you need two, two Jews and a Goy to make it Asur. And we're holding Rabbi Akiva that says, Regula mutar bim koma, osir shelo bim koma. Kegon she'edbu. Over here we're talking about where the two Jews made the Iruv. Which means, Rabotai, you have a Jew in the back and a Jew in the front. They made the Iruv. Why not? They, they, they can make an Iruv. They, 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 the Hatsunot are connected. So the two Jews made an Eruv Rabotai. However, they did not enjoin the Goy. Once they have the Goy that's living over there, so he's Osir, the inner one. Oh, oh no, he's Osir. Why is Osir? Because now you have two Jews that made an Eruv with a Goy. So therefore the Gebra comes along and says, uh, If there was no Goy, it wouldn't be Asur. Because it was two Jews, Guys in the back, guys in the front made Eruv together. Beautiful. That would be uh, permissible. Uh, they, they made Eruv. The problem is, since they didn't make an Eruv, so now uh, the outer, uh, the inner guys are going to Osir 
the outer ones, because the goy is oseh. Now let's read the Rashi to see some of the uh, some of the understanding. Look, look at Rashi. Le'olam could be the ezer. No, no, why, why is Pini Mibim Komo Mutar? Because it's one Goy and one Jew. One Goy and one Jew, according to the Bili Ezer, is Mutar. So the back one is Mutar. So Rav said, by the way, the back guys are Mutar, Abotai. There's no problem. The, the, the Goy doesn't affect the back because it's one Jew and one Goy. Ah, but you hold like Rabbi Akiva. These guys walk through the front. Oh, so now you got two Jews because the Jew walks in the front. So what's the problem? What's the difference? If they made an eruv amongst themselves, what's the difference? Yemara says. That's, that's the Hedusha. Even the two Jews made an Eruv. Once the Goy gets in there, boom, he's mebatel the Eruv. And therefore there's no Eruv. So that's the reason why it's going to be Eruv. So the guy's in the back, no problem. If you're going to be the Ezeb and Yaakov, Goy and a Jew living together, mutarim lachem. Problem, and what? The two Jews themselves without a Goy, also mutarim lachem. The problem is that they sat there again. Rabbi Akiva says, somebody that's permissible in his place. The bad guys are permissible in their place, it's a Jew and a Goy, no Eruv necessary. However, they have trespassing rights. And therefore, now it's like you have two Jews with a Goy, the Eruv that those two Jews made before Shabbat becomes nullified, and therefore, they need to make what's called Sechirut. Now the Gebarad comes along, and gives a reverse case. Abotai, let us take a minute and now learn the reverse case. Israel Amash the reverse case. Now you have the Jew and the Goy living in the outer Hasid. Vi Israel And Israel is in the Pinimit. And he's on the inside. What's the issue over here? Now let's can we review the B the Isaac bin Yaakov Shita for a minute? We learned this over the holiday. You remember the reason why the B the Isaac bin Yaakov said that a goy is only Osir when you have two Jews living with a goy in a Hasir. But one Jew and one goy, you do not need a Eruv. You remember the reason? The reason we said was is because the rabbis only made a Gezirav Eruv when you're living with a goy, or or or, or Deen of Isur when you're living with a goy. On a case that's shkiyah. What does shkiyah mean? A prevalent case. It wasn't prevalent, according to the Ezeb and Yaakov, for a Jew to live in a Hasid with a Goy. It's not prevalent. Why is it not prevalent? Because the Goy is Hashud and Nitzihah. And therefore, it's not a common case. However, it was common for Jews, two Jews, to live with a, with a Goy in a Hasid. So therefore he said, in that case over there, we're going to osir. But we would not osir, a goy is not going to osir in a case that's not shkiyah. Remember the, uh, the, the logic of the botai? That's why you need two Jews and a goy for the goy to be osir. So now we're asking a question according to the Yaakov. What about this case? You have, uh, in the front, you have one Jew and one goy. It's one and one. According to the Yaakov, it should be okay. But there's a Jew in the back, Hasid. And the Jew in the back, Hasid, comes in the front. So the question is, is that considered like two Jews? And if it's considered two Jews, then you need to, to get rid of the Goy. Or maybe you say, no, the guy's in the front, uh, it's one and one, and therefore you're okay. You understand where, where we're going with this question over here? According to the Ezer bin Yaakov, in the front you have one Jew and one Goy. The Chavra, one and one, you're okay, according to the Ezer. But there's a Jew in the back. How does that Jew in the back impact the guys in the front? That's going to be the question. The Gemara speaks it out. Hatam ta'ama. Mishum which means uh, the Gemara explained that what the reason why in the last case, the reason why Rab said that the outer Hasid is Asur, why is because Right, in the last case, what was that she saying? What's the reason over here? Hatam Ta'ama, the reason of Rab. 
In the last case, what was the last case, Rabotai? Where there was one Jew living in the outer Haser. So we said, the Shkichi Dedayir. It's common to a Jew to live alone. Right. Together even. Right. It's, the, it, it, it's common to, uh, for the Jew to live uh, in the outer Haser. Why? The Mirtat Nochri. Because the, uh, the Goy is afraid. The what? Jew is afraid, meaning? No, the Mirtat Nochri. The Jew, the Goy is afraid. The Mirtat oh, Nochri. The Goy is afraid. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Mirtat Nochri. The, the Jew right. is confident that the Goy is going to be afraid to murder him. Why? Sabar hashta ateh Yisrael ve'amarli. Because he's going to think that what? That at any time the Jew uh, who lives in the outer Haser will come and ask me, Yisrael da v'gabach hecha. I'll read the for a second. The Metat Nochri. This is the last case. Now, what was the last case again? In, in the back you had uh, a Jew and a Goy. And in the front, you had a Jew alone. So in that case over there, we understand why you have a problem. Because that's a shkiach case. A Jew will live in such a scenario. Why will a Jew live in such a scenario? That she says, the mitat nochri. Why? The mitat nochri laharogat Yisrael, hadari mowakinimit, v'sabar, ateh Yisrael dechitzona v'tabat leminayim. Beautiful. Let me explain this good to you, Rabotai. In a case where a Jew's living in the back with a goy alone, that's considered shkiah. A Jew will live with a goy alone in the back. Why? Because the goy will be scared to kill the Jew. You know why? Because the Jew in the front is going to check on him. The Jew is going to come to the back and says, hey, What's going on with my friend the Jew? So the Goy's scared. And the Goy cannot say, oh, he left. Me, he left. I wouldn't have seen him. He has to come to my Hazer. There's no escape route. So therefore, since it's Shkiach in that case, that's why we want to say, Rabbi Ezra Yaakov will say, you need Eruv. Because again, the only reason Rabbi Ezra Yaakov said, you don't need Eruv, because it's not Shkiach. But in the case where it's Shkiach, a Jew will live alone with a Goy in such a case, when there's a Jew in the front. Because the Goy is afraid to kill him. Because the, Jew, the Goy in the front is going to check on him. The Jew in the front is going to check on him. Hevantim? Any questions about that before we go further? Good. So the Gebara says, But in this case, when you have the Jew and the Goy living in the front, even if the Jew in the back is going to check on the Jew, what is the Goy going to say? He left. So therefore, it's not Shiyah. A Jew and a Goy will not live together in the outer Hatzer. Because the Goy has a way to kill the Jew without, uh, and covering up his tracks. He'll say what? He left. So therefore, since it's not Shkiah, maybe there's no need to make Eruv in such a case. Because the Ezra Yaakov never said you need Eruv in a case where you have a Goy in such a scenario. Where it's not Shkiah. That's one side. That's the side to say that this case you do not need an Eruv. Because it's not Shkiah. Because the Jew will not live in such a dangerous situation. Because the Jew in the back cannot check on him. Because the guy has an excuse to say he left. Or Dilma, what's the other side? Hakanami Mirtat. No, the Jew, the guy is scared over here also. Why? Maybe he'll see the murderer. Which is have a mashkiah on the back. <laughs> Maybe as, as the, as the guy is beating up the Jew, the guy in the back is going to walk in the front and see it. Therefore he's always scared that the mashkiah TBD in the back namely the Israel is going to come in the front and see him. Therefore, he's scared to do anything. Uh, and therefore, what? Therefore, it is Shkiyah. And therefore, since the Jew will live in the front, because he's not afraid, so therefore, you would need a Eruv according to the Ezebin Yaakov in such a case. Evantem? The Gebra says, Amar ten lehacham v'yechkam od. Give wisdom to the hacham, and he will... Uh, be, be smart, which means I gave you my shitan the first case and you can use your wisdom to understand the second case, which is the same law. Look at that, she, ki hechi. So let's review now, Rabotai. Let's stop here for a second. Let's review. So it doesn't matter where the goy and the Jew are living, whether they're living in the back or they're living in the front, according to the Bidi Ezeb bin Yaakov, that's considered a situation that's shkiah. And therefore, in a Shkiah case, to be the Ezra ben Yaakov is Osir. 
Why is it Shkiyah? It's Shkiyah in the first case, where they're living in the back, it's because the Jew in the front is always going to check on him. Or go, the Jew in the front is going to come to the back and say, how's my friend the, the Jew doing? So the guy's always scared. So the Jew will live there because he has protection. And even in the case where the Jew and the guy are living in the front, the guy's always worried that the Jew in the back is going to walk in the front and catch him. So therefore, as a result of that, Rabotai, both cases are considered Shekiah, and therefore the Ezra ben Yaakov is going to Osir in both cases that you need to make Sikhirut from the Noch, the... So Rabbi, when the Goy would be afraid, that's when the Jew is not afraid. And when the Jew is not afraid, it's Shechiyah. Hazak. Shechiyah. Mandates a Sechirut. Once it's Shechiyah, then we have a Gezerah, because we don't want the Jew to live with the Goy and learn from his ways. Therefore you need to make Sechirut. Therefore you need to make Sechirut in order to discourage this. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> now, in the first case, you just have to add another element. In the first case, you have to add the element... That lechaura? What do you mean? The, the Jew and the goy are living in the back. There's, there's only one Jew living in the front. You have to add the biakiva dirisat regel. That since they have to walk through the front, so therefore dirisat regel shemutar bimkomo oseh shelob bimkomo with Rabbi Ezer ben Yaakov. But you don't start with Rabbi Ezer ben Yaakov unless it's shkiyah. So first you have to establish shkiyah to make it asur that the goy is oseh. Then you have to add in the first case to be akiva. The Hadush in the second case is that even though the Jew and the Goy are living in the front, and technically it can be dangerous, therefore not Shechiyah. Why? Because the Jew, could, the Goy could always tell the Jew in the back, he left. Where is he? I didn't kill him, he left. And how's the Jew in the back going to know? Therefore, since it's not Shechiyah in such a case, you know, you don't need to at all. The Goy's not all saying, Bechlal. no. It is Shechiyah. Because the Jew will live there because he's protected because he knows the Goy won't do anything to him. Why? Because the Goy is scared that if he'll do anything, as he's doing something, the guy in the back is going to walk in the front and catch him. Oh, so the Jew knows he has a little safety there. So it's become Shkia. Once it becomes Shkia, you got to buy him out. Rabbi. Yes. Rabbi, what is it? The, um, the first case we said that the, 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 the Yehudian Goy that live in the inner Hatzer, it says Mutar. Yeah, because we all like the Bidez of Yaakov. It's one and one. Fine. Fine, but if we have two, and there's what he called, then it's already, already and, we were, and, and the Goy is afraid at that point about what he called about the, then that should be Shiach also. I'm saying this this scenario should mess up that. that no, the Hadush, the Hadush is the, the, guys, the, the guys in the back, it's one and one. According to Bilezim and Yaakov, one and one is not a problem. The problem is the two guys made an Eruv with themselves, right? The two Jews made an Eruv with themselves. So they're allowed, right. technically. It's the Goy that's going to osed it. Because of the dirisat regel, now it's two Jews and a goy. Once it's two Jews okay, and a goy, but then I know I, I I know, but I said but uh, uh, in and of themselves, those two the, that that back chatzir, we're going to consider it that it's a Jew and a, and a goy living in the chatzir together. So we said, yeah, because that case is loshkiach, then they don't need the need. He's not they're not osir on each other. But if I have the Yehudi in the first one. And he's kind of like the Shomer, so that's why the Goy won't, won't, won't harm the Yudi, and we're not worried about the Shifihut Tamim, then already that becomes a Shiach, that should become a Shiach case. So you're asking, according to this, you should need it in, in, in the back as well. Right, and in the beginning we said Mutar. That right, I, I, and Rab said Mutar, by the way. They asked Rab, Rab Bifiru said Mutar in the back. Mutar. So you're asking the Kaura, why, why should it be Asur, or it should be Mutar in the back, even according to the Yaakov, if we're saying now that it's Shiach. And why the shkia? Because the guy in the, uh, in the, in the, in the, in the, 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 guy, the, the guy in the back can't do anything because the guy in the front could always check on him. Could you check on him? Yeah. Okay, one second. She'ela tova. She'ela tova. Oh, he's, although it would be un, with an idolatry, Rab nevertheless permits, since ordinarily a Jew will not live in a Hasid alone with an idolatry because of the danger. Rabbi Ezra Yaakov holds that the sages never issued the decree of the idolatry in a Hasid that contains. So look at Tosfot. Tosfot says, if, you're right, even though there's less of a danger, Rabbi uh, Ezra Yaakov still said uh, it's, it's not, it's not Shekhi, enough to mandate uh, any roof in the back. Look at the Tosfot. Tosfot di Buddha Matril. Um, Tosfot, let's see which Tosfot it is, and you'll go pray. Uh, 
Oh, it's got to be the Tosfot on the top. Hatam ta'ma ma'am yishum nishkiyah da'ivim tu'ma kevan nishkiyah ta'tap Tosfot b'ani. Kevan nishkiyah im kev p'nimi mikomo amay mutar. Your question. You see it? Da'al kur'ak lo sh'ari nebezek yamim kom nukhi ilam yishum de'lo shkiyah de'dayne. Yesh to'ma kevan de'rov pa'amim had lo shkiyah lo p'ali. Okay, we'll stop over here and we'll continue this tomorrow. Good learning.